Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Kevin Daggett and Lee Vowell. Thank you for listening to the 12th Man Rising Podcast. I'm Lee, and sitting in for Kevin is Todd, just like last week. So this show will be fun, and we'll talk Spider-Man. And, and it's not, I learned this about the Spider-Man film yesterday when I went to see the film. Yesterday being whatever day you're listening to this, the previous day. Yes. But I learned that Spider-Man's last name is not Spider-Man. I didn't know that. What do you think? Did you know it was? Well, his last name is Man. I mean, right. <laughs> like Manfred. Manfred. So people are like Manfred, man, out there. Manfred anyway, man. here, here to talk Seahawks and Rams, which has gotten moved to Tuesday, not Sunday, because of uh, all the COVID issues. And we don't want to make light of COVID. Not saying that at all. Um, I'm, I'm glad that most of what I've read, the players are asymptomatic. There are a few who do have symptoms. It, it was kind of funny because I haven't. And I don't know if you have. I haven't heard which players do have symptoms. But Pete Carroll, this, I guess, earlier, late in the week, whatever, um, made a reference to Tyler Lockett, who, of course, is on the COVID uh, list, and made reference to the fact that he had kind of a rough, that was his, that was his wording, rough, quote-unquote, day two days ago. Something like, but I've seen Tyler Lockett as asymptomatic. That doesn't sound asymptomatic so i'm not even sure what we're hearing as far as asymptomatic players are actually asymptomatic exactly well and plus plus if if they have the omicron variant not that we're medical professionals because we're not i mean we're not professionals of any kind but from what i have read in my extensive research which was like 12 seconds on google the symptoms are much milder with omicron and one of the main symptoms that pops up is loss of appetite so yeah, I'm not going to make fun. But <clears throat> so the symptoms are different to begin with. So if they're looking at if they're saying, well, players are asymptomatic, they may be looking at the wrong symptoms anyway. Uh, I True. read the same thing that you did that from what I read, all the Rams players were asymptomatic. I also read that Lockett was asymptomatic. So I actually read that uh, not all of the Rams players were asymptomatic. Oh, Most okay. of them were. OK, good. Oh, so who knows what the truth is, to be honest. I, I lied. That's not what I, I had read, that they were all vaccinated. My apologies. But then most were asymptomatic. And which that's part of the issue here is people are the overall issue is people are vaccinated. They are doing what they're supposed to do. And some people are still getting <clears throat> COVID as I cough, which is ha, ah, that was not intentional. Um, <clears throat> and the coaches, not even the players, but the coaches as well. Yeah. Well, one of the Seahawks staff members, which I, as far as I know, is still unidentified. They said one of the coaches is uh, tested positive as well, oh. which gives the Seahawks, what, four personnel compared to 26 for the Rams? I mean, that's the thing. We It's like it's so fluid at this point. We've seen, what, 29 personnel for the Rams, and then it's like down, then it goes up, and the same thing, the Seahawks. Seahawks have been fortunate, right, over the last couple of years where they haven't had 
I think they had one player last year, um, a secondary player, not not of a cornerback or a safety, but a player who doesn't play very often. And then this week, and it's just like there's an outbreak like everywhere in the United States, obviously, and really affecting the NFL. Um, so, but but yeah, I don't know. The number keeps fluctuating. It's it's almost like, and I don't mean again to make light of COVID nineteen, but it almost seems like the stock market, as far as oh, if you check it one hour, it's this. If you check it the next hour, it's this. Who knows? It fluctuates so much. Just one question: When you say a player who doesn't play very much, was it Carlos Dunlap? No, I'm kidding. Um, and that wasn't the case with he Hitler. only plays the important plays. Okay, yeah, that's from. He's only there for the when he caught that touchdown pass last week. It was no, I'm just <laughs> seven plays all gold. That's right. You can um, meet Jimmy Graham, right? That's all. <laughs> Shit, I might as well put him there. Anyway, yeah, it's the Rams took six players off the COVID list and, and put two two others on, and just yeah, it's as you said in pre-pro high Ted, no way of knowing what the rosters are going to look like, and included for the Seahawks. By Tuesday, but what's I, what's, think, I think they have until 4 p.m. on 4 p.m. Monday, right? Is that correct? That they have to like if you're not if you're not whatever the COVID protocols are by 4 p.m. on Monday, if you're not clear to play, then you can't play. I think it's that. I thought the they moved, I think it, it's moved it to game time. So Honestly. I mean that's ridiculous. Well, because I mean, the NFL got to make the dollars. Well, I mean, they changed their pro- they've changed their protocol so often, and not in a good way. I mean, prior to this, if you were vaccinated and asymptomatic, you, they still gave you two tests. Now, they're not even doing that. It's like, eh, if you're vaccinated, and eh, we're just gonna do random testing. They're not even testing everybody. Like, okay, fine. Even yeah, if I mean, you totally, they've totally gone away to what they did in the off season, which is okay. We're not going to move games this year, blah blah blah. And of course, they move gets later in the season. It's like, oh no, we better we better play the games for yeah. several reasons, right? First of all, you know, as as a player, you don't get paid if you if the game gets forfeited, and and these players make tons more money than most other people, most of the human race, which is fine. But that's still what they do for a living. So I'm not ju- I'm not judging them for being like, oh, I want to play so I get paid. They get 17 or maybe it's 18 this year, 18 paychecks throughout the year, and it has to last throughout the year. And they probably do, but they also have bills. So I'm not blaming them. But a lot of the players that I've seen react. In a in a negative way, not negative to me, but negative towards the situation. Yeah. And and you may have seen the same thing is the fact that okay, we were told one thing in the off season, and now you're changing it in the middle of the year. Exactly. Well, the thing is, it's not the thing too for NFL players, unless they're taking care of their chickens. Uh, this money doesn't last them this year. This this money for a lot of them. This it's generational wealth. Life. Yep. You know, they've got a certain number of paychecks, and this is what they're going to build on for the rest of their life because their careers are done when they're And their kids' lives and their grandchildren's lives, and that's fine. I mean, that's what you should do, right? Yeah, but, exactly. but, yeah, I mean, but, missing one paycheck is not going to be the end of the world, but it's still they only get paid 18 times throughout the year unless they've changed that to 17 because now we've added a game uh, in the NFL season. But it's, I, I guess what pisses me off, as as like KJ Wright put out, like okay, I guess the NFLPA, which is their own union, is just like weak. I mean, you gotta be like, okay, you know what? You said this in the off season. You can't change it. We're not playing. Yeah, 
their union is the weakest of all sports unions and always has been. And we all know that. But, you know, here's more evidence of it. But, <clears throat> yeah, when they when they put all these lofty pronouncements, it's like, well, if you have an outbreak and it's serious enough, it's like you'll forfeit the game and your organization will re, you know, will compensate the other team and they'll compensate the league. It's like, well, so where is that? I mean, we still don't know if if the Rams will be able to field a roster. I think right they now, would. John Clayton said even if they had like 35 players, they'd so because they're not going to forfeit the game, and the NFL doesn't want them to because there's booties in the seats and there's concessions being sold, there's money to be made on TV. That's what's so frustrating to everybody is the NFL made that the policy: you will forfeit exactly. the game, and now they're going away from that. And no, I don't want the game to be forfeited. It's not like Oh, I'm a Seahawks fan, so I want the Rams to forfeit. No, I don't want the Rams to forfeit. I wouldn't. It's not about the, well, I wouldn't. And it's not about the Rams. It's about the situation of lying. And they act like, oh, well, we can't do that because we'll lose. It'll put the playoffs back, and we've got those time slots. It's like, really? Like, the networks aren't going to adjust their schedule to show the playoffs. Exactly. So right. sure they're going to show reruns of Seinfeld instead. It's like, come on. That's yep. such bullshit. Yeah, networks are getting paid either way, and the advertisers have already paid, so it's that's not an issue. But it's it's like, you know, when you when when the NFL says, you know, we care about the player's safety, so we're moving the game back because of COVID. No, you care nothing about the safety of the players because now you've made six teams, or well, I guess four teams, play on Tuesday. One got moved back to Monday, so that's six teams. But you're making four teams at least play on a Tuesday, and then on a Sunday, that's yep. completely unsafe. That's safe. That's totally safe. And I, I apologize because I don't have the player's name at hand, but the, the, the latest victim of CTE mm. in the NFL, former NFL player, 90%, 90% of former NFL players that are autopsied when they check their brains are showing evidence of CTE. Severe brain damage, holes in their brains. Yeah, they totally care about player safety. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like getting caught, like, if you're non-football related, but if you're caught on someone's cell phone committing a crime, and then it's like, oh, okay, we have that now. And the same thing goes back to the NFL. It's like, oh, they care about the safety now because people are more aware of it now. When we yeah. were growing up, you know, in the early 1800s, it's like they didn't care so much about the safety. It's only because, oh, now we have the research to force the NFL to care about the safety of the players. It's a pathetic situation. Absolutely yep. pathetic. I mean, I hope, I mean, for the players' sake, I hope that by Tuesday, there's a single member of the Rams that are on the list. Because then they're all healthy. That would be awesome. Because that's, that's, what, that's what matters, not the game or when the game is played and all the rest of it. I mean, the bigger picture, we hope that they're all healthy. Because then it yep. will be... Wonderful when we kick their ass, despite the fact that they're all there and healthy. So. Yep. And and that's the thing I, I said about, you know, I hope they can forfeit because the Seahawks don't beat the Rams very often. It, I, you know, if everybody's healthy, this Rams team is better, um, even though the Seahawks have won their last two games. And, oh, they beat a tough Texans game uh, team last yeah. week and Rashad Penny ran for 300 yards. I mean, <clears throat> Rashad Penny, I'm glad he did that. It makes things a little bit more problematic after the season. But you and I could have run for 80 yards against that team. That team's terrible. Well, combined. But, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, that's I'd still be happy with that. Tuesday is going to be the test 
for Rashad Penny and for, and for the Seahawks, of course. Yep. Um, that's one thing, as you pointed out correctly in one of your articles, that there's been a lot first of talk. Thing, first thing I ever did correctly, one of the articles. <laughs> the Seahawks defense is like, wow, I mean, they're doing really good and, and keeping the points down. I don't remember what, what where they rank in the league, either eighth or fifth. fifth. Much okay, Surprisingly fifth. fifth. That's because the other team holds the ball for 90% of the game, and oh, they score. So it's like, eh. And who have they played? Exactly. And I talked about Jacksonville and Houston. Or Pittsburgh and New Orleans for who they exactly. – I mean, Where are the offensive powerhouses that they've played? The offensive powerhouses that they've played scored on them. You know, it's just – you know, it's a combination of what you're saying. is like they can't get the other team off the field. So they have long drives. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, they're not piling up a lot of points. Well, you know, you have a 10 minute drive. You're only going to get seven points out to of it. open the game. And I think that's important, too, because a lot of a lot of fans out there are being like, oh, you know, maybe it's the offense's fault. Yeah. And it's partly the offense's fault by get late in the second half. It is partly the offense's fault because they can't stay on the field either. But Seattle's giving up nine and a, literally nine and a half minute drives to open games. So the defense isn't worn out by then. Yeah. I mean, I wrote an article probably about a month ago stating exactly that. It's like, well, you know, if the offense did their job, the defense gets tired towards the end of the game. And in some cases, that's the case. The Titans game. When did Derek Henry go on? In the game. But we've also had situations where, you know, just like you said, two long drives to open the game. They're not, I mean, what were they tired from? Putt, putt? No, they're not tired. It's just an ineffective defense. The Texans scored easily. They didn't take nine and a half minutes. It only took, what, three and a half minutes to score a touchdown. That's, I mean, yes, the defense got better because they realized, oh, we're playing the Texans who have no offensive weapons. So the defense got better. And maybe there was some acclimation to the fact that Jamal Adams wasn't back there and it was Ryan Neal. And we need to, communication needs to be one thing. But if you're a great defensive coordinator, the 2013 Seahawks is unfair, you know, um, to sure. to what this current team is, but well, does that 2013 defense give up a first down to that <laughs> Texans team starting the game? They gave up a touchdown easily, and it's like that's just bad. That's not the players. That's bad preparation by the coaching staff. That's the thing. It's not the players, and you know I don't care about. I always say it's like the scoreboard is what matters. It's absolutely right. It's like I don't really care if you give up 400 yards as long as you give up a few points. But compared, when you look at who they're playing, that's an issue. <clears throat> and is does anybody think this is a championship-level defense? Anybody? Even people who are writing that, well, you know, okay, it's a bend, but don't break philosophy. And it's really weird, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and they're good in the red zone defensively. They are. Yeah. But is there any evidence, any evidence at all? That Ken Norton Jr. is a championship-level coordinator. Zero. I mean, no. all those Raiders years were great. I mean, they were great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Not he's, really. Is he top 10? No. His best? He's top 10 at his very best. Is that what you want? A guy who, when everything works out and nobody is ever injured and everyone's playing at their peak, you get a top 10, I mean, and literally 10th ranked defense. No, that's not good enough. You know, that's what's so frustrating. And Pete is 
loyal, and that's one of his best characteristics. But there's a thing about being too loyal. Yep. It's like, man. Yeah, what is, it, what is the thing about the interview? Like, you go into a general interview, like, if you're, you know, just anybody in life, you go into an interview, your greatest strength is actually your greatest weakness. That's kind of right. with Carol, right? It's like, yeah, his greatest strength may be loyalty. That's great in a human being. Unfortunately, it doesn't work out well a lot of times with a, a head coach yeah. of, a, of a team. And being loyal is great, but at the same time, you got to make tough decisions that are better for better for the future of the franchise. And mm-hmm. Waldron was a terrible hire. And I was going to say, no loyal yeah. Waldron. And I was all 100% on board with that. It's like, oh man, this is a great hire, and and Russell's going to be thrilled with this. It's like, not so much. Yeah, that was that was one of the unfortunate things about this team this year is that we we realized that the issue wasn't Schottenheimer, right? Like, I mean, the, the offense was terrible the second half of last year. They actually were pretty decent under Schottenheimer for most of the – but he couldn't fix anything. Schottenheimer wasn't great either. It's not like they needed to keep him because he's a fantastic offensive coach. But at the same time, it makes you wonder how much, like, he wasn't really in charge of the play calling at the end of last year. But the offense was terrible. And the offense – I know John Clayton, who who I love, keeps pointing out, oh, you know, what do you expect? This team had didn't have Russell Wilson for three games. And then he came back and he was hurt and he shouldn't have been playing. Even before that, they weren't good. They were that's, not good. <laughs> that's Russell Wilson had had terrific. What was his rating when he when he went out with the injury? It was like 112 or something. I mean, it was yeah. really, really pretty sure he was leading the league in passer rating. The offense still wasn't very good. Yeah, because it was a lie. Passer rating is a lie. Because the the yeah. offense, as we all saw, one half, it was even opening the season against yeah. the Colts. It was like first half, great. Second half, nothing. It was like, oh, okay, that's because they had a big lead. But it was the same way for every game. Then it just got to the point where it wasn't good at all. And yeah. Geno Smith, by the time Russell Wilson came back, and people forget that he got hurt, Russell Wilson did against the Rams in week five. And they scored 17 points. Ten of those were Geno points, not Russell Wilson points. And but by the time Wilson came back, Geno actually had a higher quarterback rating than Russell did. Yeah. And it's uh, <laughs> and Russell's pulled his rating back up again with two good performances against a couple really horrible teams. But yeah, for those th- for three games, Geno Smith would have been the better option. Now, are you going to actually do that? Probably not. And I, I totally get that. It's like, are you going to put your star quarterback on the bench when he says he's ready? I mean, of course, that's part of the problem is team doctor should have stepped in and said, yeah, you may think you're ready, but the right. fact you can't take snaps, that tells me you're not ready. Because, yep. you know, he couldn't take a snap under center. It's like, well, that's part of the job description. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can play in a shotgun. Fine, whatever, but that reduces your effectiveness of the offense because it reduces your play ca- your playmaking ability, reduces the types of plays you can call. You're not ready. Yeah, if you're third and short and you're in shotgun situation. Yeah, it would have been great if uh, the Seahawks had just kind of stepped up and said, dude, you're like the ultimate competitor, which I don't know, maybe he's not as competitive as a velociraptor, but he's pretty damn competitive. <laughs> but, you know, it's like. They had to like. It would have been great if they just said, "You can't do this." Yep. Yeah, Mike. 
Mike Salk on 710 ESPN in Seattle the first time, or the first game Russell came back, and he yeah. was ter- he was terrible when he came back. I mean, the shutout against Green Bay was embarrassing. Or, yeah. Going back to pre-pro, Letter Kenny was like, that's effing embarrassing. But um, <laughs> Mike Salk, Mike Salk's point, and and people like or dislike Mike Salk. I, he's he's fine. I don't, I'm not a, like a devotee of his or anything like that, but he's fine. But he made a good point as far as why is Russell so driven to come back when he's not yet ready? Why is it so important that he plays and he makes the decision on when he can? It's not that important that you have to show that you are a super healer because if you're hurting the team, it's yeah. an ego thing, right? It's not a, it's not like, hey, I'm ready to play. I'm going to help the team. You're hurting the team, actually. I think I, they still would have lost to Green Bay, but you know, if they they would have played better with Geno than they would have Russell. Clearly, they would have played better with Geno. And in hindsight, it's extremely simple. Uh, we all know that. And I can see why, well, they figured, okay, he had a terrible game. But now he has another week. He'll be ready next week. So I, I see where they fell into that. And eventually, they were right because he has gotten better. But, ah, uh, man, it just is so painful, no pun intended, that they didn't see, at least at the half, I can I can see where after the game, okay, that was terrible, but he's got it out of his system. And I can see like, well, he'll be better next week, which he he was, but barely. At the half, he you should have said, or at the quarter, yep, or at the moment you realized he can't stand under center. That's when you say, dude, you're not ready. That's a head coach's. That's a head coach's decision. That's not Waldron. That shit. Pete Carroll should have been like, "We got to sit you for the second half." Yeah. And I know we're talking about old stuff, but now that they're five and eight, and if they win the rest of their games, they're nine and eight, and they have a decent chance of making the playoffs. One or two games cost the team. Yeah, there's there there are two or three games in this stretch that, well, there's more than that, but. Absolutely, two or three games, and we both written about this. This team is easily an eight and five team. They're so much better than a five and eight team. Are they? Does that make them a good eight and five? No, they would have been a lucky eight and five team because the offense is still not in tune. The defense is still not great. But you look around the league, every team, every team has issues. Because what looks what's happened to the Bills? The Bills were like, oh man, they're just running away with everything. It's like, yeah, not so much now. No. Every single team, there's this flawed. Yep. Uh, and yeah. it's, Carolina Panthers started off fantastically, right? And at this point, they're yeah, better than Seahawks. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Seriously. You know, it's just it's it's been. I mean, the NFL is kind of like this every year, but the NFL is more NFL than they've ever been. Yeah, they won at parity, and now there's no team with fewer than three losses. And I can't remember this stage of a season where there were, every team had at least three losses. I mean, yeah. it could be the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, and neither of those teams look like they could beat right. most of the teams prior to 2017, as, as far as Super Bowl teams. Right. Not and all of the teams. They both could be out, out in the first round of the playoffs easily. Exactly. Really easily. Yeah, there is no dominant team remotely close to it. Well, because the 49ers have been dominated by the Seahawks, and they were dominated. I mean, they, maybe the Seattle won by seven points. They really should have won by, you know, two touchdowns at least. But they, they were dominated by this Seahawks team. 
twice this year, and yet yeah. they're the number five seed, or sorry, number six seed in the playoffs. That's a right. joke. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And the know. problem with the the playoffs is now that you have you have the Saints and you have the Viking. You have several teams above the Seahawks, but you have the Saints and the Vikings. And who's the other team that beat them? Anyway, they're basically a game and a half back. So those teams all have to lose. What was the other team? The Washington football team. The football team. Washington. Yes. Well, so basically, the football team. <laughs> the football team. Yeah, as, as our own Jake Lupino likes to write, the football team. And I keep looking at it when he writes an article when I'm editing it. And I'm like, what is he saying? Oh, that's the actual name of the team. But they basically have to lose two games. Yeah, they have to lose two games the rest of the season. And two out of the next four. And they all have kind of tough schedules. But that's a lot to add. Not only those three teams, but the other teams ahead of Seattle. Seattle is not going to make the playoffs. It's just... Well, and if they do, what are they going to do? Exactly. It's going to hurt their draft ranking, if anything, right? Where they choose in the draft. Yeah. And and, and the other thing is, sorry to interrupt you, but the other thing is, how does this affect the future? Oh, okay. We made the playoffs for nine and eight. Maybe there was a little bit of first half of the season was misleading. Well, you've got things you need to fix and they're not going to be fixed because of 20, the recent 2020 vision instead of how we should view this team. Yeah, they have to they they can't they have to ignore the part that Russ got injured and that cost him three games. It's like at least two they they probably would have gone one and two in those two exactly. games as well. Exactly. Because Russ Russ wasn't great. I mean, the, uh, let me rephrase that. The offense wasn't great when Russ was 100%. Like you said, you know, they're super inconsistent. Wow, they're just driving the ball. They're going everywhere. And then they can't pick up a first down to save their lives. It's just, it's absolutely incredible how yep. inconsistent the office has, has been. And the play calling is um, yeah. interesting. Yeah. It's been uh, perplexing, especially on important downs like third and one. It's like. I mean, actually, the last game they had a they had kind of a pitch out, which I get. I mean, that works for a lot of teams. It could have worked for Seattle, but sometimes they just run the ball, force the ball, and it's like, or Russell will do the thing where it's like, hey, I need seven yards, I'm going to get fifty, and it's incomplete, and it's like, dude, stop. And yeah. and you have you have an article coming out later today, which is Sunday on about Austin Davis, and I am going to Auburn, and I'll let you kind of expound on this my only concern with austin davis and and you may say this in the article but my only concern with austin davis is he's the quarterback's coach this year but russell wilson is not getting good direction from whoever's coaching him i think and i I don't address that and i should and and if you release it i might but to me it's like he probably is not taking that direction because austin davis was the assistant in 2019, and he was the quarterback's coach in last year. Russ looked pretty good, but and and maybe maybe Davis is the one who says, "Yeah, you know, we only need seven yards, but go for 50." Maybe he is the one who's putting that in his head. I don't think so though, because Russ always likes to throw the deep ball. Long before Austin Davis came. True. <clears throat> he was throwing the deep ball before Austin Davis was on the on the team as a player. Without without uh, throwing a single pass <laughs> for th- for three games. But, uh, Did you say it was Mac so Jones? Is that what you said? Yeah, he was Mac Jones. Um, that was a bizarre. <laughs> yeah, and and I do have to give Belichick credit. I hate Belichick, but that's a pretty 
smart coaching job. And I, I kind of I, the thing that my, my first thought was, wow, that's really weird. My second thought was, wow, that's really smart. My third thought was, I wish the Seahawks coaching staff would think like that. When when this year or last year have the Seahawks adjusted? Well, and that's the thing that he adjusted Belichick. We're talking about the the Bills Patriots game where they threw the ball. Patriots threw the ball three times. It wasn't even. I mean, he adjusted before the game. He had a game plan before the game. He had already outthought the Bills coaching staff. And and if I'm the Bills defensive coaches, I'm like, just just freaking stop their run. Just stop their run. Nobody's that good. It's not like Jim Brown's running the ball. Although if he was, probably would have had 180 yards. That's right. Yes. Patriots would have won 30 to three. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating that we seem to have this philosophy, which is a good philosophy, but it never seems to change, regardless of the opponent. And yeah, you do have to play to your strengths, but at some point. <sighs> You know, yeah, you know, I mean, some of it's sure. coach. I mean, I, sorry to interrupt you, but a lot of it's like that because you kind of hit on it. It's it's you know with the dictating the the tempo of play within a game, the mm-hmm. the Seahawks coaching staff, defensive coaching staff especially, was better when they had better players, so they could use those better players. And and but you know the players overall, Quandre Diggs is having a fantastic year. Jamal Adams wasn't that great. The cornerbacks have held up. The linebackers are are decent enough if they have good coaching and a good scheme. And the problem was they Seahawks now let people dictate play and you have to react to it. And the coaching staff isn't good enough to react to something. Whereas before, when they were good, they did the Belichick thing, which is where they would. We're going to dictate the play. We're going to dictate what happens and then we can react if you change. But that, you know, and it wasn't just, hey, yo, we've got Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman. Well, guess what? They they got good players. Bobby Wagner's still there. They've still got really good players. Maybe not as good. I'm not saying that, but they still have good enough players to dictate style of play. The coaching staff just has to be more prepared to dictate that style of play. Yeah, just like you said last week, mentioning Jamal Adams, and we're talking about how well this, the staff is, you know, that offenses are scheming to negate his blitzing ability. It's like, well, then do something else, and they're. <laughs> We just won't blitz them. It's like, hmm, okay. So just like you said, they're letting the other team dictate to them. Like, what the hell happened? Yep. That's that's not how you win football. Clearly, when you're five and eight. And and I have said it before, and I'll probably keep saying it. It's like, yeah, they could easily be eight and five, and they really could easily be eight and five. But in a way, I'm glad they're not, because the team would still be at the same level. The team needs to be fixed. Yep. Be and I don't know if they can. I don't know if they. Can. They have the coaching staff to fix it. Well, they don't. That's the issue. That's, you think it's Pete Carroll, or you think it's just the the coordinators? As in the article that I wrote, that some idiots thought it, that I meant that we should uh, change our head coach. Is like, no, read the article. And I'm talking about <laughs> a certain college team did with their head coach. It's like change your philosophy, get some different assistants, get a different scheme. But I, Pete, I think absolutely. I mean, this is one bad year. Like, right. winning organizations don't overreact and, oh, we're going to throw everything out. We had a bad season. It's like, that's how you wind up being the Jaguars, the Jaguars, the Cleveland Browns for decades, the Detroit Lions. 
It was like, yeah, overreact. You have one bad season, well, we're done. Like, no, that's not what you do. What you do, though, is when you realize that certain things need to be fixed, like the defense, and needed fixing ever since Ken Norton. That's It's not a bad year this year. It's a bad year last year. It's a bad year the year before. The defense hasn't been great ever since Norton showed up. That's the issue. It's not overreacting to one year with Ken Norton. His entire, well, look at his entire career. Like you said, look at the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Same damn defense. Results, different schemes, but it's the same same results. It's yep. like this guy has proven that he's mediocre. That's yep. That's not what you want at the Seahawks. Go be the head coach at the Lions. They love that. <laughs> and Seattle's going to point out the fact that the Seattle Brass is going to point out the fact, that, oh, they're fifth in points allowed, but they're 30th in in what? Uh, QBR, they're 21st. And, I mean, they're just so far down on area. This is an accident almost that they're only giving up these few points. Any other year, they'd give up a lot more points. It's just that the other team's keeping the ball so long, there's less time for the other team to add points. It's just kind of crazy. And I don't think they're going to beat the Rams. I mean, even uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is able to play, which is fine. I think Jalen Ramsey is playing. Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. I've just made him Egyptian. Jalen Ramsey is is playing. I mean, they're going to get key people back. And so even though they're going to be missing a bunch, they're still going to have Aaron Donald. They're still going to have Matthew Stafford. They're still going to be able to beat Seattle. And I'm just not. I have a feeling this this week, if they win, great. If Seattle wins, great. Um, I'm a Seahawks fan. I want them to win. I just have a feeling this might be the week of correction where it's like, oh, okay, we've been great for two weeks or pretty good for two weeks. And yeah. now we faced a real team. Yeah. And I, I, I really don't understand this concept is like, well, you can't fire coordinators in midseason or any point in the season is like, it seems like the Jaguars just dumped a head coach. <laughs> right. Rightly so. For a lot of reasons. Yeah. They kicked him to the side and they, they kicked him. <laughs> this kicker. Well played. Of course, the biggest reason they fired him is because He's they never asked him to begin with because he sucks. Yeah. No. Oh, actually, we're going to end the show, but I ended on a Dolphins note because I, I know you're you're a Dolphins fan, and that's fine. We can all be fans, but you're a really good writer about the Seahawks. So I'm do. perplexed by the Dolphins because they started off horribly. I mean, ungodly. Could you imagine if the Seahawks started off as bad as the Dolphins did this year? I mean, then we'd have a whole different. But they've bounced back. They're, what, six and seven now, right? And they have a decent shot at making the playoffs. What changed? Uh, I think what changed with them is they started buying into the philosophy. Honestly, that's part of it, which is kind of weird because it's the same coach. But they have this bizarre thing where they were have two offensive coordinators because that's brilliant. Um, yeah. And to be honest, I don't know if they still have two offensive coordinators, but I have a feeling they're probably just listening to one now because <laughs> how does that work? I mean, that's just insane. But Tua has progressed. He's gotten a little more used to the game. Uh, some rookies have come through. I mean, basically, Jim early, Brown. They, they weren't Jim Brown. He's, yeah, we have this uh, young fellow. Uh, basically... Uh, Similar to the Seahawks is they weren't catching breaks earlier, and now they are. Plus, I mean, yeah, they played the Jets twice. So what do you well, – actually, I think that's <laughs> next. So they only played just one so far. But, I, I mean, it's weird because they beat the Patriots coming out of the gate. And everyone was like, oh, my God. Exactly. We're really yeah. here. And then, no, not so much. They suck, they suck, they suck, they suck. 
but they finally got back to that level of, I, th- I think they're just, uh, above all, I really think it's just they're communicating. Just like you said earlier on about the secondary, you know, communication, that's always the key. And Seahawks are doing that more, too. They were one and was it one and five, two and five? They were, or sorry, two and one and seven or two and seven? I think they were one and five and two and seven. They sucked. <laughs> yeah, it was just they've won so many games. It was like they turned around and they look like, you know, they look like a the team that they looked like last year, which is promising for the future. I mean, I don't know. They it, missed the playoffs my, last year. They had a winning record. And, you know, right, if they right. make the playoffs, they could. I mean, the way they're playing right now, they probably will. And they could win, they could win the Super Bowl. No way things. Yeah, win the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, guess what? Was, it's the Dolphins and the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Right. That's right. It was close, and then Zonka ran it in, and that was just. I'm going to put $5 on that right now, and if it pays off, I will be buying everybody a house. Like everybody in the country. Um, yeah. You better be saving your money. Win a game. And and then it would all come crashing down on them when the Chiefs beat them 38 to 17. But uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully the Hawks pull through and they win Tuesday or whenever this game will be played. We know this game will be played no matter what. They may wind up playing Friday morning and and then have to double back and play Sunday because yeah, that's what the NFL would do. Actually, it's the same day. They play next Sunday early and then they play another game. No change in uniforms. It's just like, bam, we're right into it. Clear the stadium, make everybody leave it. And then a half hour later, you have to pay a whole new ticket to come back in. That's right. Of course. So, well, anyway, that's our show. And hopefully the Seahawks will win on Tuesday. Whenever you're listening to this, hopefully whatever Tuesday it is, 2023, they won. But uh, anyway, thanks for listening. And good night and and good luck or something. I don't know. Uh, Go Hawks.